The date is Friday, May 22nd, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On today's episode, we put Universal and Disney head-to-head as we revisit an old segment, Debate This, to decide, once and for all, which theme park is better. Enjoy! Welcome to this episode of Entertain This. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. Guys, I am very excited for this episode because it feels special, and for several reasons. First off, this is our 11th podcast, but more importantly than that, this is the end of our hosting rotation, which means... I think it means we have a guest. That's right. Not only do we have one guest, but again, very special this week, we have two guests, which is the first in Entertain This History, but we are also going to be seeing the return of a segment that is a personal favorite of mine. Nick, you will remember. Debate this. <laughs> debate this. It's a long time coming, let me tell you. One. Yeah, you weren't here for debate this, no. but uh, last time it's all Nick and I enter the uh, enter the, the fighting rink to argue over which one of us could find the worst Hallmark movie. Uh, I took the gold on that one, and Nick took the punishment, had to write his own Hallmark movie. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, no punishment this time. Just <laughs> was a good uh, one. A little bit. Of, yeah, it was a banger. It was good. A little bit of information coming through. Um, But our debate tonight will be one to rival the greatest debates of our time. For this debate happens in small family households planning vacations all over America. Probably. Once and for all, we're going to settle the debate of which park should I go to? Universal Studios or Disney? And I feel I've picked two people who are more than ready to defend their sides. Mm -hmm. Nick and Abby. Welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are in. Uh, we welcome, are welcome. in, certainly. It's going to get confusing because you're both Nick, so from mm-hmm. now on we will be referring to host Nick, who is here weekly as Thick Nick, as he so often <laughs> likes to call himself. And that is how we will differentiate between you two. There you go. And it host is Nick Thick Nick. Nick. Two C's both ways. Thank you very much. Haven't met this other thick Nick, but I'm willing to bet he's already thicker than me. So (laughs) (laughs) that that name is fine by me. All right, fair is a fair assumption. I like him. (laughs) Okay, so I want to go ahead and let you guys introduce yourselves and tell us about the parks that you are defending. So let's start with that. Nick, do you want to go first? I'll defer to. To a, a past friend of mine from yesteryears, Abby. Uh, it's been a, a minute since I've seen or talked to you, but uh, yeah, I'll let you have it and I just hear your piece, I suppose. All go right, ahead. I will absolutely go first. So I'm Abby. Um, I work for the Walt Disney Company in Orlando, Florida, and I work as a fairy godmother in training. It is the best job ever. Um, That's pretty sweet. It is. Honestly, I get to sprinkle pixie dust all day, every day. <laughs> it's awesome. That sounds like the greatest. Um, oh yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit about the park in general. Um, so Magic Kingdom was actually opened in 1971. And a little bit about Disney's mission statement. Um, technically, on the website, it says, to entertain, inform, and inspire people around the globe through the power of unparalleled storytelling, reflecting iconic brands, creative minds, and innovative technologies that make ours the premier entertainment company. 
That is a mouthful. Wow. I know, really long <laughs> mission statement. So I'm going to shrink it down. It's a mission paragraph. What are you talking about? I know, it's a mission paragraph. <laughs> I figured like I had to keep it exactly what it says, but if I was going to summarize it, um, I would say that honestly the mission statement is to create happiness and that is something that through the very first day of training, um, we go through a thing called traditions and only Disney cast members are able to take part in this like secret ceremony Um, and it's basically like plastered everywhere is like we create happiness and they install that in us from like the day we start training, so... I want to start by saying, please don't say anything that will get us hunted down and killed by the Walt Disney <laughs> Company. And that's just a favor I need to ask of you, just right off the bat. Yeah, um, yeah all, all... we don't want any kind of little mice up in your business. So, Very correct. Yeah. That'd be horrifying. So basically, basically, we know that your qualifications are you've been through essentially Disney Marine training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sounds training. Really terrifying. No, it's magical and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glorious. All right, All right Nick. Nick. So, honestly, as soon as you started talking, Abby, I was like, well, she's already more prepared than I. And I was wrestling with this for the longest time. I was like, sitting on my couch i'm like do i really do i I really want to get into the trenches and like dig up mission statements and all this stuff and like really go into it or do i just want to be like hell i work there and i've been there so many times i'm just going to go for it and that's the approach i'm taking so again hi my name's nick and we're just going to leave it at that i also work at a theme park not disney it so happens to be the opposing i guess force in this uh, strong debate here. Uh, I work for Universal. I work at Universal Studios Florida, which is the second park uh, right next to Islands of Adventure. And I work in attractions. I will leave it at that. I'm not going to get into the specifics of which particular attraction I work on. But uh, if I had to hazard to guess what the mission statement is for <laughs> Universal <laughs> is would be uh, akin to similar to Disney in the sense of creating Uh, happiness and joy amongst families, but also just creating lasting memories. And I I think that a big part of particularly Universal Studios Florida in, in the difference between islands is that Universal Studios Florida is about stepping into the movies. Way back in the day when Jaws was there, Back to the Future, all those attractions that catered to classic Universal films. Uh, The same can still be said to a lot of the attractions that are still there, like Revenge of the Mummy and Men in Black, just to name two. Mm. The real uh, driving force and what they really want to harp and bring home to a lot of families is you're going to step into the stories that you grew up with or, or, or classic films that you grew up on that you're really um, attached to. And that is the big driving force behind Universal Studios Florida. So part of my job and attractions is to help theme and immerse people in the reality of whatever particular film and attraction that they are stepping into. Um, and I, we, at Universal, I guess we kind of have something similar to, I guess, whatever... Uh, Disney boot camp they do a lot of people that I work with at Universal also work at Disney so I hear a lot of the same sort of stuff uh, about what's going on over there Um, and so we do kind of like this three day long orientation of just like Universal 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 like get it into your blood stream Uh, it's sort of brainwashy but it works I mean you need to be well versed in the company that you work for yeah um and yeah, so I think from the moment that I stepped foot into that first orientation, it kind of cemented this 
overarching idea of what it is that Universal is trying to bring to the realm of theme parks because Universal came after Disney. Uh, so they are, in a way, a few steps behind, but in other ways, they are a few steps ahead. And yeah. you see that back and forth ping pong match every year as Disney unveils something new in Universal. So I guess that's a mission statement. I have no idea. Hey, very well said. And it's that <laughs> yeah, rivalry that we are trying to make a buck off of tonight. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is not sponsored. We don't make any money off. We are not sponsored. I should note, we are not being paid by either Disney nor Universal to have this podcast. We are not being paid Mm -hmm. by anyone, but we are happy to bring you on for the entertainment of the people who listen. Um, So theme parks, please entertain this. He said it. So I said it. So did I ask a quick question to either of you? Yeah. Questions. What? Yeah. So hopefully this doesn't take too long, but um, so how did both of you get involved with a theme park? Because for me, like growing up, it's something that I never even thought was a career option. Like to think about like, and I think it kind of lends to how magical these two places are. Mm-hmm. It's like you go to it and you don't even think like that's a person who is the fairy godmother. That is just the fairy godmother. Or it's like you go to Universal and it's like someone, this is just like the movie brought to life. Like, right. I didn't, this, nobody had to design this. It's just here. Um, so I'd, lo- I think I'd love to hear like how you two got involved in even being a part of these. Yeah. Abby, if you want to go. Sure. Um, so I actually got the idea first from a friend that you guys know, Tanner. <laughs> TJ. <laughs> yeah. He yes. did the Disney college program. I thought it was super cool. He told me that it was something he thought I would really like love. Um, so I applied when I was a sophomore in college and I got accepted and was able to go down and do an internship for eight months. Um, and absolutely fell in love with every aspect of the fact that you get to bring magic to families and like people who maybe don't get that anywhere else. Um, and just like really fell in love with the idea of that. And so once I graduated, I made it a goal to move down there and to get a job there permanently. So that's kind of where I started and where I've ended. Obviously, now it's all on hold because of everything going on. But right. um, soon I'll be sprinkling pixie dust again. It'll be great. So. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's I've. I honestly didn't suspect that I would ever be doing exactly what I'm doing. Uh, And I felt that same way when I immediately graduated from high school and moved down to Austin, Texas and lived there for four years. I would not have suspected that I would have done something like that. So to, I guess, me be down here in Orlando working for Universal, it's not too off the beaten track as far as like doing unpredictable things. But I've always loved theme parks. (laughs) I I would frequent uh, Kings Island up in Mason, Ohio, which is sort of native to where I grew up and it was a thing that I, I mean, I've just been obsessed with roller coasters and theme parks. I would watch uh, Disney videos online of like POV ride attractions, same with Universal. I had visited the parks occasionally a few times with friends and family. So it's just, it's always been an avenue of interest to me, but never particularly in the sense of like, oh, I could make a career out of this. Um, There are, but specifically, why I'm here where I'm at now, there's kind of a two-pronged answer there. One, not to get into the specific details, Mm. but I followed a girl here. (laughs) So uh, that's an aspect of it. She's in the other room right now. That's very Uh, cool. And then the other thing being, um, 
there is a particular thing that we're, I guess we'll get to later tonight when we're discussing the debates uh, and a, a particular event that happens at Universal Studios. And I'm not going to go too into it until we get to that particular portion, mm -hmm. but it's called Halloween Horror Nights. It yeah. is their horror sort of Halloween season that they do every year uh, at the company and at the resorts. And it is something that I love going to. I think this year will be my fifth year and I plan on working it this year, hopefully. Um, but my overarching goals are I want to in some way work on the higher end of that particular thing because it's a year-round gig even though it only happens like from right. September to November as soon as the last night is over they begin deconstructing the houses and rebuilding mm -hmm. and starting from scratch and going so it's a year-round process and that's something that I have my eyes set on for as long as I'm here in Orlando and working for Universal that's kind of where I have my uh, goals set that's so are you looking to be one of the people who come up with the ideas for that night? Uh, yes. Yes and no. Um, I mean, that is that is like the holy grail of positions, so much Very so cool. that the people that I've communicated with at Universal have said that it's such a tight-knit group that in order to become a part of that group, one of the members has to like ostensibly die. Because oh, wow. like wow. they they hold that position until yeah. there's just like nothing left for them to do. So very, it's very hard to get into cool. those particular things. But there are other minor, I guess, uh, positions below those that still do work on the event year round. Mm -hmm. So any any way that I can work on horror and Halloween year round is something that I want to do. That's gotcha. very cool, man. Already we're learning things that I don't think we would have learned had we not no. brought you on, which is super <laughs> cool. Um, it's a good mission statement. But just mission to keep... statement. That's the mission statement. That's, that's the your right personal there. mission statement. That's, that's the goddamn go. mission statement right there. <laughs> so just to kind of keep the train moving, I want to talk rules of engagement because there have to be rules for the debate or else we lose all humanity, turn back into apes throwing shit at each other. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. So we have five topics for tonight that I feel uh, both parts rank fairly evenly on. Uh, I gave these topics to our defendants a few weeks ago so that they could prepare their arguments. And in normal debate fashion, they will each have five minutes on each talking point and a two-minute rebuttal after both have gone. Uh, I want to note that you do not have to feel obligated to fill that time. Uh, just say what you have to say in the time that's allowed. I will be keeping track of time and letting you guys know through fingers, through our cameras, how much time you guys have left. So after both sides have spoken, Thick Nick and Michael, that's where you guys come in. You will both decide which park won the round in your eyes and for what reason. If you are unanimous, then the point will be awarded to that side. If there's a tie, I will act as tiebreaker. I will fill the role of timekeeper, tiebreaker, and mediator tonight because I feel like I am the most unbiased party here. Why, you ask? Because Spider-Man has appeared at both parks. And I feel like that's a fair, <laughs> fair. point. Mm -hmm. um, are there any questions? Nope. Uh, I, I just compare this to a courtroom, I guess. You're the judge, and uh, me and Michael are the jury. And we have the plaintiff and defendant here before us. Well, both, it's, it's more like both having two defendants. Both. You yeah. know, yeah. let's just say it's like a debate, I guess. Yeah. Would I just say, want you to say your yeah, Judge Judy a, just once. It's almost like I'm not going to say it. No, I'm not going to say <laughs> Judge like Judy. this other format of way to do things that this just Objection. happens. Objection! <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, without further ado, let's begin. We'll start with round one. After a day in the hot sun enjoying some family time, most guests find their hearts full, but their stomachs empty. And dining at theme parks means you're in for an experience you can't get anywhere else. So what dining experiences 
do both parks have? We'll go ladies first. Abby, go ahead. So I'm going to be honest. I wrote a lot about dining (laughs) because I'm a little (laughs) bit obsessed with the um, character dining experiences. I think they're Mm. a really good bang for your buck. Um, But to kind of talk, I mean, obviously the food tastes amazing and we'll get onto that a little bit more um, later in the, what I have written down, but like the Disney dining locations, isn't about just like eating food. It's an experience. Every single restaurant is going to be themed. The food, the atmosphere, everything is themed to place you in a different location. They're aiming to make you transported to a different reality of your choosing um, and I'm, while I was looking into this, I didn't even realize, but Disney actually has over 200 dining locations, <laughs> which Jeez. blew my yeah. mind. Um, and 90 of those as of, I think what I was reading was from like 2019. So honestly, there's probably more now, but 90 of those 200 are sit down restaurants with a specific theme or experience. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's really cool because those 90 sit down experiences are going to include character dining and character dining. I want to focus on this a lot because it's the best, most convenient way to meet characters and eat at the same time. So like, for example, Cinderella's Royal table, which is in Cinderella's castle in magic kingdom, you can meet all the princesses just in that like one and a half hours that you're sitting there enjoying your dinner. That's also themed, you know, it's a dining experience versus just like, getting a meal. Um, and also it's not just about like the food. It, they pay really, really close attention to their ingredients and food supply. And I was looking into this um, just because this kind of stuff interests me. But after Disney like gets rid of all their food, they don't actually get rid of it. They donate like thousands upon thousands of their food to all of the like Florida homeless shelters. I didn't know this until I like started doing more research on it, but any of like their food isn't wasted. So anything that's not necessarily sold that day or something like that, that's going to go to a homeless shelter in central Florida. Um, They also grow all of their own vegetables and fruits. Disney owns a bunch of property where they literally grow the food themselves. So it's all locally sourced ingredients. It's all very fresh. Um, It's all very tasty. If you ask my opinion. Um, and then, you know, that's a little bit about the sit down restaurants, but also to just talk about quick service. If you're not like in the mood to really sit down, meet characters, have the fun experience that I love so much, but maybe you're trying to get something quick. Um, quick service is honestly a lot more affordable. Cause I think that's something that people bring up the most is that Disney dining is expensive and yes, it is expensive, but you're not just paying for food. You're paying to meet Mickey, Minnie, Daisy, Donald, all of the characters as well. You get the convenience of not having to wait in line. Um, but quick, quick service as well, which is basically like their word for fast food. That's all going to be relatively priced. Like I, I compared it to Panera. So like Panera prices, yes, Panera is like a slightly overpriced, but it's really good ingredients. It's tasty and it's quick. So yeah. Excellent. Nice. All right. Mm. Nick. I'm, I'm already like, I hope my time didn't start now because I, I, at the top, I wanted to be like, I wonder, Abby, if you prepared more than I did. Um, just And it seems like you probably did. And that's fine. I'm totally into it. Uh, I'm a little but, obsessed yeah, I'm ready. with Disney. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll start your time whenever, you, whenever yeah, you're, listen, Nick, you're ready. 
you listen, Nick, it's perfectly fine for every episode that I host. I have about five or six bullets that I use <laughs> my entire thing. One time Whereas, you did like, a whole episode on a Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't prepare, but I also didn't prepare. Okay, you didn't prepare <laughs> as that. much. We should say. as much. We'll say that. You and I uh, are I'm two ready birds to go. Let's I'm do ready it. to go whenever you're ready. Go ahead. All right. So dining in theme parks, I think we can all just agree, is not the most uh, 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 cheap thing to do. So uh, pricing between Universal and uni- uh, Disney is probably on par with each other. I wouldn't necessarily know the logistical math behind that. But in general, when you go into a theme park and you're dining, be expected to pay. It makes sense. Disney does have their own dining plan just as much as Universal has their dining plan. Both are very good ways to uh, budget and make the most of your vacations as far as trying to get the most out of whether it's quick service, alcoholic beverages, or those dine-in sit-down restaurants. Uh, Universal also has quite a few opportunities where you can dine with characters. One in particular is a cafe in Marvel Land over at Islands of Adventure where you can actually eat with superheroes, whether it's Storm, Captain America, Spider-Man even. Those are a great opportunity where you can sit down, grab a bite to eat, and hang out with your favorite Marvel characters. Uh, There's a lot of other really great places at Universal to grab a food and drink. One in particular is also at Islands of Adventure. It's in the Lost Continent area. Directly across from Poseidon's Fury is, according to TripAdvisor, the best theme park restaurant. And it has been for quite some time. It is called Mythos. It is a Mediterranean, Greek, and American fare restaurant. I've been there many a times, and I'm not biased due to the fact that I work with Universal. It, It genuinely is really, really great. And you know when... You know it's a great restaurant when you can order just a plain black coffee, and it's like the best coffee that you've ever tasted. It's phenomenal, and I love me a coffee, and it's just – it's fantastic. Their their food is great. They have this like sort of uh, grilled cheese that like sits in a pile of tomato soup, and you would think like that's really, really weird, but it works really, really well. And it's – they've got a lot of great uh, just different types of cultural foods that they offer – Um, And that is one of probably my favorite actual sit-down dining restaurants. There's a couple other things that you can do as in accordance to food and drink. Uh, I know we're going to get to it later, but um, Harry Potter World, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, you can get butterbeer. You can get it frozen, regular liquid, or hot. You can get it hot. And baby, that is good. You can also (laughs) grab a beer at Moe's Tavern. If you've ever wanted to have a Duff beer, you can get that there. I have spent many a times after work going to Moe's Tavern and just having a beer and chatting up with the bartenders behind there. It's fantastic. Pizza fries are a thing that happen traditionally only during Halloween Horror Nights. It is exactly as you would think. It's fries with marinara cheese and pepperoni on it, and it's all like baked together. Uh, in, in accordance to how popular that is, they actually reopened the Green Eggs and Ham uh, restaurant. It's a quick service restaurant over in the Seuss Landing area, and they have pizza tots, and they are fantastic. There's also the Circus McGurkis uh, Dine-In restaurant in Seuss Landing, where the actual, uh, uh, what is it? It's like a, like a slow-moving ride. It's the train. It's the train trolley that happens in Seuss Landing, and it goes through the restaurant, so you can actually see people riding it as you're eating your food. It's really delightful. And another one that I really want to touch on, aside from many of the other 
fantastic dining options that they have as far as eating in the great hall at, at Hogsmeade or Diagon Alley as far as getting good food there that feels authentic to Harry Potter. Another great one that I personally love, especially when it comes to Halloween Horror Nights time, is eating at the Monsters Cafe, the Universal Monsters Cafe. It's a quick service food restaurant. It has barbecue and a tons of different American fare. The great thing about this place in particular is that each section of the restaurant is catered to the particular Universal Monster. So there is a Wolfman section, there is a Frankenstein section, a Dracula, a Creature of the Black Lagoon. So you can go Go and hang out in your favorite Universal Monster area, and it is completely tailored to that particular monster and that film. And the attention to detail and the love and respect that Universal has for those characters is brought to life in that dining restaurant. Awesome. Wow. And there, I'm done. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? You spoke from the heart, and you yeah. hit a, at four minutes, 30 seconds, so you did a great job on your timing. Yeah. Bueno. You, I mean, it's it's probably gonna be a hard choice. I'm glad I'm not the one yeah. who has to make it. I'll, I'll say like the hardest part is like is separating bias from both of the options because oh, yeah. God, 100%. I have so many so many like good memories. Like oh, it's like you uh, like just the thought of like I have specific memories of going to Disneyland, and one of my favorite memories of all time is when I was about ten. My little sisters were eight and two, going there, seeing Donald, getting pictures and hugs. And then he comes over to see my youngest sister and her just bawling her eyes out because she's scared of Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then you mentioned hot butterbeer. Oh, boy. Mm. Oh, that makes my heart just feel so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, boys. So which side are you going to pick? Nick, how about you go first? Oh, of course. You're going to pick me because I'm making an uncomfortable face. Uh, hmm. Well, after much deliberation, the jury has made a decision, or at least one member of the jury. Uh, I'm going to go with probably Disney, and let me explain okay. why. Go ahead. Uh, th- the thing you said about Disney owning their own farms, and they grow all their own fruits and vegetables, and they give their food away, which I think is great, that's really what sets it apart, because I don't know if Universal does that or not, but... Um, Maybe they do. I just don't know about it. I have no idea, honestly. <laughs> they probably do, but I, I didn't care to look it up, so she wins for that. <laughs> I mean, they both offer pretty much the same thing, which is dining with uh, a character of your choice. And uh, if we separate kind of the, the experience from the characters, you're left with like a regular old restaurant, more or less. And what mm. is at the heart of any restaurant is the food that you eat there. I mean, some Fair. might argue that it's also the, the environment that you eat it in. Um but I've been to many a restaurant that's just run down and kind of dirty looking, but they have some bomb ass pizza. So, I yeah. mean, <laughs> that's my dumb explanation for why I chose Disney. But yeah, the, the whole fruit oh, and vegetable points. thing that grows, that's really cool. I respect that. Fair points, fair points. Michael. Mm-hmm. So while Nick took the altruistic route of looking at these uh, <laughs> wonderful things that Disney does, um, I'm going to take the route of which debate uh, – made my mouth water the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I am going to go with Universal. Um, the descriptions of the uh, the butterbeer being able to get it hot, cold, or iced. Is that what you said? Frozen, uh, regular, just like cold beverage, and then hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's combined with being able to have like Duff beer and the Greek Mediterranean restaurant. All of that to me is just, it is my language. I'm a big food guy, and so, yeah, it just hit home in all the right places. 
Interesting. Very yeah. nice. And you brought up some things that I didn't even know about Universal, which is I didn't even know they had like a Simpsons Land. Yeah, Simpsons. Or they do Land. Have Simpsons Land. Uh, Seuss Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seuss Land. That's crazy. Was, uh, there when they opened Islands for sure. Hmm. Well, it's happened in the first round. <laughs> this is what I feared. We have a tie. <laughs> we have a tie. Um, well, one of these parks stuck out more than the other for some very obvious reasons, some very clickbaity reasons, but reasons nonetheless. Um, if I can dine with Spider Man, it gets the point. Yep. So <laughs> I'm giving it to Universal. Yep. As soon as I heard that, I was like, God forbid this guy will die. It's over. (laughs) Trying to hold in my gasp, I audibly squeaked. So so it's going to Universal, I guess. Before we get, Alex, sorry to interrupt, but before we get to the next category, can I just say a few things to Abby specifically? One, I love you and I respect you. And no matter where this goes in the end, you're a good friend. I love you too. Hopefully we can meet up sometime (laughs) since we're both native to this land now. Yes, I had no idea you were in Orlando. Yeah, for sure. And and again, I, I will also say I'm I'm as soon as parks reopen and things get to normalcy, I've actually been trying to also work at Disney as well in a particular right. area. I have a gold pass, so I go there all the time with my girlfriend. And another thing Benedict Arnold over here wrapping things up <laughs> is I just want things to be amicable. Um uh, Alex at the beginning said both parks, Disney and Universal offer uh, uh being able to meet spider-man now are we specifically talking walt disney world or are we also looping in disneyland because again you may correct me if i'm wrong i don't believe spider-man has a presence here in orlando but at disneyland he does so i was i was talking all disney owned <laughs> parks and universal owned parks i i i can understand you guys sticking to the ones that you know which is completely mm-hmm. understandable uh, my unbiased comes from the fact that both companies have hold on uh, Spider-Man. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Abby, though? Um, yeah, Spider-Man is not at Walt Disney World Florida. I look, I was curious about this because, I, I, like I said, I'm obsessed with Disney. So researching, like, the legal deals between right. yeah. the two parks, it's like, interests me. Um, and I was looking. It was, like, something that, like, the, like west of the mississippi river or something like that yeah where they can't have those characters or east of the mississippi river mm-hmm. you can't have those characters in in the parks like you can't meet them that's why disneyland is allowed to have the marvel characters as meet and greets versus walt disney world orlando cannot have those characters as meet and greets that even though disney technically owns them yeah how bizarre wow. that's like the line of demarcation is the mississippi river there's like yeah. all right East Coast Spider-Man, whatever, you know. Yeah. Disney can sell merchandise, though, with Spider-Man and all of the Marvel characters and all of that, because technically mm-hmm. it falls under the Disney umbrella, but they made a mm-hmm. deal with Universal, I guess, saying, like, well, we have the option to sell items that are like that, but we'll let you have, like, the meet and greets. I should say that uh, Universal's when it comes to Marvel characters, they lean towards the comic interpretations of those characters. Whereas yeah. Disney leans into the MCU actual mm-hmm. like cinematic universe, uh, Marvel characters. So that's why there is also that di- divide between, well, why do they have Spider-Man and they don't? So different Spider-Man's technically. Wow. Mm-hmm. I had no that's idea. Super interesting. I had no yeah. idea that we had a Mason Marvel line. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's well, incredible. Is. You learn something new every day. <laughs> Very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, Nick. I'm glad that we were able to talk about that. Yeah. Let's move on to round two, though. 
uh, theme parks always have a theme. It's right there in the name. Walking into a park means walking into a world different from anything you've seen before. Let's talk immersion. Nick, you want to go first? Sure, why not? Let's do this thing. Oh, all right. So let's just, let's, you know what? Let's just dive into this. Now, I am not the all-knowing historian as it pertains to who did what first and all that jibber-jabber. As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to where we find ourselves now, when it comes to the competition between immersion, it started with Universal. Universal put their foot on the ground and said, yo, we're going to acquire... The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Hogsmeade. It's coming, baby. Get ready for it. You're going to be walking around, and guess what? Uh, You can go to Honey Dukes and try all those different jelly beans that taste like fart boogers and piss, and it's going to be great, (laughs) and they're going to make so much money, and it's fantastic. Also, the butterbeer. And the immersion there was unparalleled, so much so that it it made Disney have to go, okay, well, uh, we're going to do this, and I'm sure Abby will... uh, talk about her immersions there as well however it started with universal and universal put their foot in the ground and lucky for all of us regardless if you work there or not we all get to enjoy this constant tug of war of trying to one-up each other because we all in the end win we all get to enjoy walking around in our favorite themed worlds Mm -hmm. uh so harry potter you get to walk up to hogwarts castle you get to go through Hogwarts Castle and see classic iconography from the books and the movies. Forbidden Journey was an unparalleled ride at the time, and it still is in its ride mechanics. I'm not going to dive too much into the rides because we'll get there later, but just feeling immersed and walking around in Hogwarts Castle and being able to buy robes of your favorite Hogwarts classes is, is a real emotional thing for a lot of people, and being able to be choosing your own wand, having Ollivanders choose you amidst a bunch of 14-year-old and 11-year-old kids and know you, the 23-year-old that doesn't have a job yet, you awesome. get to be the one that picks the wand. They, the wand chooses you and all that jazz. It's wild. And then when Diagon Alley came to help kind of marry the two together, we got the Hogwarts Express, a themed experience of being able to transport yourself across different lands whether you're going through diagon alley where you're in london going through the wall and you're in diagon alley and you can go to nocturne alley and get butterbeer there and go and look at gringotts bank with the big dragon there that breathes fire every like 15 minutes the interactive wands that a bunch of cast team members are there and they're going to show you how to perform different spells that make things happen and help just immerse you into this world where you believe that you are a wizard Segwaying away from specifically, I guess, just Harry Potter, when we look at Islands of Adventure, there are different themed lands. Now, the idea between Islands of Adventure is each area is its own story. You're immersing yourself in your own world. Now, they're not necessarily movies like in Universal Studios, but you find yourself with stories. And there's Jurassic Park. You can walk around the area of Jurassic Park. You can go to the Discovery Center that is featured in Jurassic Park, the film. You can ride the Jurassic Park River Adventure. You can dine there. You, you can meet velociraptors. It's, it immerses you in that world. And then almost seamlessly, you can walk over to Skull Island and meet Kong on that ride. And the integration between that is beautifully seamless. Seuss Landing for the kids, you can find yourself stepping into the pages of a Dr. Seuss novel. Whether you're meeting the Green Eggs at Ham folk or you're riding the Cat in the Hat ride, you are in the world of Dr. Seuss. 
quickly segueing over to Universal Studios Florida, you're in different areas. There's Hollywood, there's New York, there's San Francisco, and each area has its own character built into it. You can watch the Blues Brothers perform in New York. It's Everyone loves watching it. Marilyn Monroe and the Diamond Bellas come out almost every 15 minutes, it seems like, and they're performing their same shtick, and it's beautiful and wonderful, and you can become a part of that. And as well as Simpsons Land, lest us for not forget the Simpsons, which it's interesting because Disney owns Simpsons yeah. now. So that's a whole weird thing. Who knows what's going to happen there? But as of recording today on the day of our Lord and Savior, May 21st, Universal still holds them with an iron grip. And you can go into, again, most tavern and you can ride the Simpsons attraction and hang out in Krusty Land, get a Krusty Burger for all you care, get a Lard Lad donut, and take pictures with your favorite Simpsons characters. If you've ever wanted to feel what it feels like to be a yellow, weird, oddly shaped cartoon character, you can do that there. There's tons of opportunities for you to fall in love with these characters that have been well, America's family for quite some time on the on the small screen. Um, yeah, I'm done talking now. <laughs> Hey, that was great. <laughs> wow. Man, what a ride. Yeah, that is. <laughs> what a ride. I see what you did there. This <laughs> one hell of a speaker. Yeah, I was going to say, Nick, you are one compelling motherfucker. Thank you. I have, sure. a, I have a follow-up question, if I may. Um, Go for it. About the Hogwarts Express. Is that an actual yeah. train? It is a train. Yeah, full is size. Is it a train like the Cincinnati Zoo has a train? Hey, Alex. Yeah? It's a train. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to it know. goes one way, and it also goes the other way. Oh, excellent. Yeah, That's I got to know for my own personal reasons if it's an actual train, but, you know. We'll it's a train. You like trains? Yeah. I like trains. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> Abby, go ahead. <laughs> Take us away from the train talk, please. Um, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that person, and I'm going to disagree a little bit with you aren't allowed to do that on debate this i know right <laughs> what um i'm gonna disagree with the fact that universal did it first because now let me explain my point because from the second disney was created walt disney was already creating things to immerse the guests in the park even though they're not like for example, I don't know if you know, when you walk into Magic Kingdom, it's called Main Street USA. Now, the reason it's called Main Street USA is because it's trying to immerse you in a traditional, like, southern-type city. And some details that... So, I've been able to take some of the backstage tours, and it's been awesome. And some of the things I learned on the tour is, like, just amazed me with the detail that Disney takes to, like, use immersion and create this whole world for their guests by really paying close attention to our like five senses so for example when you're walking down the middle of main street usa ways that they transport their guests into that world of southern traditional good food cute restaurants quaint area is they pump in the scent of cotton candy through vents like they pump it into the park which just blows my mind they pump and they have tons of these vents all over the all different parks but this one you really smell you walk on and you get that nostalgia that experience of being in a carnival when you're younger and you just have that idea of you know like um oh what is it called uh, what's the food called that's you get the powdered sugar on top of 
Funnel cake. Funnel cake. Yes, funnel cake. So like the smell of funnel cake and the smell of cotton candy and ice cream. And if you are walking down the middle of Main Street, they actually have sounds to make it seem like it's a normal town. So around two o'clock, you'll hear tap dancers up in the building above the ice cream shop. And they have an opera singer across the street. You can hear her singing in the evenings. And it when you're walking down, you would never really notice those things until you really realize the attention to detail that Disney took in order to make it truly transport you to a whole new reality. And this isn't just Magic Kingdom, obviously. I mean, every park has its own immersive experience. Um, and I kind of want to touch on those a little bit as well. Um, Pandora just released, mm. well, last year. Um, and I was able to tour Pandora as well. And that was truly incredible because it's not just plants. They're very, like, they keep attention to authenticity. And I think that that's really important when you're thinking of immersion because you can't just throw someone in, like, a jungle and use fake plants and things like that that aren't going to seem that real because you're not going to feel like you're truly there. Whereas in Pandora, they are all real plants. They're all real things that just happen to look like they're on a different planet. So it it's perfect because they keep it authentic but while also transporting the person to a different land. And I don't know if you guys know Pandora's like in relation to the movie Avatar. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm assuming you guys knew, but yeah, I, I'm not like the biggest Avatar fan. So I... No one is the biggest yeah, Avatar. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> Yo, Avatar, Avatar exists. What is it Avatar? was neat like, and I'm now not. it's here. And that's what we know. Uh, so yeah, I'm just, yeah. I have had to explain this to many people, what Pandora actually is, because people get a little bit confused. Um, but to give a little bit of an idea... The buildings are created to look like they are floating. So when you walk through Pandora, you look up and it genuinely makes you feel like you have lost gravity because the buildings appear as if they are floating and the rocks appear as if they are floating on this planet. And it is super cool and I don't know the technology behind it. I'm not even going to try to explain or understand. But it makes you feel like you have been transported to a place of whimsy and magic. And it's just, it's a magical experience. And to mention another immersive experience, because... Here we go. <laughs> I know it's coming. Mm -hmm. Wait, what do you think I'm going to say? Wait, Wait, is her five minutes over yet? <laughs> no, not yet. She still has one whole minute hey, to talk about damn Star it. Wars. Star Wars! <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> You dropped the bomb. You got 30 seconds. I, I know. Already. I'm sorry. It just, it blows my mind. I'm not even, 20. I'm going to be honest, not even that big of a Star Wars fan. Like I'm, I like, I love it, but Galaxy's Edge made me fall in love with like all 10 of it. 10 seconds. I'm sorry. Um, okay. I'm just going to say Rise of the Resistance, the ride. That's it. I, that was the end of my talking point. <laughs> Is that my seconds? That's it, right there. <laughs> Interesting for you to save Star Wars for last. I know. Yeah, gotta know your audience but, uh, here. Hey. I don't want to. I don't. Go ahead. Nick, I don't want to say you know. anything until after you guys do your verdict. But I do want to say something after with Abby yeah. about stuff. Okay. So I, yeah, I don't yeah. want it to cloud the judge's decision yet. So go well, ahead and just 
Let's you know, take rebuttals well. off the table. I had said that yes. in the original thing. We don't need them. We'll just take. A we vote didn't do it in the we'll... first one either. So no, we didn't. Yeah. So let's keep let's keep mold, and uh, we'll just go ahead and get the verdict, and then we'll have a little bit of a talk after. Hmm. Okay. All right. I'll I'll go first this time. All right. Um, Thank you. So it's tough. It's very tough. Um, I gotta say, I think I got to go with Disney on this one. Okay. I think it's it's a difference of to me that attention to detail not only within the specific aspects of where you're at but also I like the big thing that appealed to me is the five senses like being able to walk directly into the park and have that immediate smell of cotton candy that uh, like tactical not tactical tactile sense of just you are in a different place than you were five steps ago um to me is just like that takes it over the top all right i guess it's time to my verdict so this wasn't so tough for me actually it was was a pretty easy decision um okay kind of mirroring what michael just said is disney disney wins this round all right yeah disney Um, takes it and uh, pretty much exactly what you said michael the attention to detail on all five senses it's a it's a five-finger death punch if we want to go with heavy metal bands. <laughs> but um, I can remember walking into Main Street USA because um, I've been to Disney once, I think, maybe. Yeah, I have. It was a long time ago. Um, but you walk in there, and there's all these, like, Georgian architecture, like you said, very reminiscent of the South, a nice little quaint town. And uh, I don't know. I was with my friends, so I was probably running my mouth like I do. But I couldn't hear, um, like, the opera singers or the tap dancers or anything like that. But I did smell things. And, I mean, once you smell something and you smell it again, it's like you're right back where you, you know, with the olfactory gland thing, the, it's a psychological thing. Look it up. But once they you smell. All of, uh, they yeah. say all the water rides at Disney have that same effect, that there's a certain smell to a Disney yeah. water ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say is uh, Disney wins this round, and it's because they engage with you on all five senses. And they have an actual train that works and it goes choo-choo so they get my vote they get another point for that what the hell they both had trains i didn't even know that both parks had trains yeah, yeah. you didn't know about the disney train i don't know shit about disney i've never been oh, okay that's why they're i'm really... the unbiased party yeah, i've never been train. that's oh how am i supposed to pick i've never been that's what this is all about <laughs> you're supposed to convince me which one i'm supposed to spend my idea. stimulus <laughs> check on i'm trying to figure that out that's why we're doing this you anyway, fraud. That's one point Universal, <laughs> one point Disney, and we're moving in to round three. Nick, I think you had something you wanted to say first, though. Uh, yeah. Again, Abby, you're a deer. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm fine. Like, here's the thing. Like, I'm totally cool with like losing and winning and losing and winning. Like, whatever way it goes, because I have such an affinity towards Disney and everything they do just as much as I do with Universal. So, like, honestly, like, I knew that, like, when Alex sent me the topics that were going to be discussed. And when I saw the immersion, I was like, well, shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Star Wars is pretty damn cool. Uh, she didn't really touch and, on it, though. That's what I, I know, which was about. interesting. Because if I would have known that if I would have touched on the five senses a lot more and I would have won, then I would have attacked <laughs> it from that angle. Been like, okay, you can see things. You can smell things. You can hear things. Hey, I would have gone down that way. Of debate, you know? uh, but <laughs> I will say, now that the, the judges have created their verdict, uh, you know, 
Disney mm-hmm. and, and Star Wars. Clearly, they're still working on new things. I mean, the Star Cruiser-themed resort hotel thing that they're still building is going to be wild. But let me just say, and I can't say too much about it. I can only say things that people wildly know, is Epic Universe, uh, Universal's third dry land theme park, is going to have a Super Nintendo World uh mario kart ride i'm sorry Hmm. but uh i've seen plans wait i haven't heard anything about this oh yeah and it's it's impressive some of the blueprints that have leaked it's incredible yeah but it's not built yet so it's too late to change your verdict and we already made the call on the trains but sure we all like trains if i've got to like put it up against like like when he said pandora I don't think of Pandora as a land of magical and whimsy. I think of that as a place where I'm going to get my face ripped off. I mean, it's a little bit of both, I think. (laughs) Because when you first walk in, it's really, like, shiny and magical. And then you start to walk, which I think this is obviously done on purpose. But you start to walk in, and it gets darker, and it gets dimmer. Mm -hmm. And and you, like, start to realize, like, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Oh, cool. I'm going to die at Disney. (laughs) Great. It's a good feeling to have, yeah. Interesting <laughs> points. No, you go ahead. I was just going to mention this has nothing to do with anything, but the new ride, Mickey's Runaway Railway. It's I, good. I'm excited about it's, it. Did you get to ride it? Yeah. Okay. I'm obsessed with it, and I wish that I could like talk about it in the immersive part or the I mean, ride part. It's, it's no great movie ride, but it is. It is it it's delightful. It's great that Mickey has his own sort of centered ride. I only got to do it once before. I mean, obviously, all the shit that's going on with the world right now. But um, it's I mean, it's genuinely a delightfully colorful, enjoyable ride. And I accommodate Disney for handling the queue and keeping people moving as much as they have, because unlike something like, you know, Galaxy's Edge, which obviously has a different sort of huge audience that's trying to go to it the way that they handled the opening day for uh mickey and minnie and the way that that's been going before the shutdown and everything was incredible and the the ride is delightful and i think that that's a a huge win on their part so i just think if you get to ride it ride it because it's super cute and just throwing in my unnecessary two cent because i I didn't have to break the tiebreaker this round uh i also would have given it to disney uh, but it would have been Bullshit. for reasons. It would. I'm sorry. It would have been for reasons of kind of like what you brought up, Nick. Um, the way that Disney handles its cues is they keep those thematic too. They give you things to do while you're standing in line. Oh, how about that? that? Are super interesting, uh, which isn't something she touched on. So it should. Yeah, it was in my way, rebuttal but, notes. Yeah. Universal does it too, but we don't have time to talk about that. Or maybe we do when we that- get to rides. <laughs> when we get to ride i have that in my ride notes too alex <laughs> you know what screw it we're doing rides round four ding 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 <laughs> Shit. this episode of entertain this was hosted by michael savoya nick mustakangas and alex Steele. special thanks to our guests nick and abby our theme music is rush bubble by aaron spencer this is part one of a two-part series where we'll explore this debate, so make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify, follow us on Twitter at entertain underscore this, and follow our Instagram username entertain this podcast to keep up to date on when part two is coming. We're excited to share this amazing experience with you. Until then, thanks for listening.